nothing worth having is easy. Nobody's going to hand it to you. You're going to have to make time. If it's something that you want, you have to make it work. Welcome to the Freedom Stories podcast. I'm so excited for you all to get to listen in to Morgan Bartels as she describes her journey through motherhood, work, and running. Here's Morgan. Morgan Bartels. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the Freedom Stories podcast. It's been quite an ordeal to get these mics going and get everything going, but we've made it. We're here. We're here. Yes. Ready to go. We've done it. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who you? Who are you? Family? Where you come from? Okay. Um, I am a mom of two wonderful kids. Um, Everett is seven, and Natalie is five. And Everett's about five feet tall. Everett is going to quickly surpass me in height. And you are um, pretty tall. You're five ten. Yes, but Will, my husband, is six five. Yes. So He's he's a big boy, and he gets confused for being in the wrong grade at school because he is as big as a fourth grader. And when Everett's around my little ones, he makes my little ones look even that much littler. He's he's big boy, and he likes to eat. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, and then Natalie's the and opposite. Same thing with Natalie. Well, Natalie's still bigger than my girls. No, I don't think so. I think they're pretty. They're yeah. they're about the same. And Natalie's how old? Natalie is five. Yes. And Natalie likes to not eat as much, (laughs) but she likes to run. So she's our tiny girl, and that's what her nickname is, is Tiny. Well, it's just because everyone else is so doggone tall. And she's just a picky eater? She's a picky eater. She likes to eat snacks. Um, but on her own schedule. Mm-hmm. So not um, not during, you know, mealtime. Yeah. It's any other time. Mm. And then um, Will is my husband. He've been married. We've been married 10 years and um, together almost 15. And he just puts up with a lot of my craziness. So <laughs> props to him. Yeah, and I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. Because it is quite crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but some more things about you is that your mom and... And I, um, I work a lot. I'm a, an administrative systems manager um, for Olathe Health. Um, soon to be merged with University of Kansas Healthcare, so we're going through quite a few changes right now. Um, I could work anywhere from 40 to 60-hour weeks. It's it's a busy job, but I've been there doing a variety of roles for probably um, I guess seven and a half years now. What does a systems manager do? So we do. Um, like we do Cerner applications right now. So EMR, electronic medical records. Um, I have a variety of solutions on my team that we cover. So we have pharmacy, HIM, patient accounting, registration, scheduling, a whole bunch of different things. And just making sure that the, um, that those, we, we support the end users so that 
um, they can take care of patients, you know, whether it be registering them at the front desk or, you know, making sure that their meds are going to throw th um, flow through the EMR properly, making sure that they have the support they need. And so, you're in charge of the systems. I am so in charge software. of those solutions. solutions. I have those on my team. To make sure that they run properly. Yep. And so therefore, that, the front desk person has the appropriate tools to check someone in and do the right yep, things. Yep, yep. So that, I mean, we're, we're not facing patients, but we support those that work with patients. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure everything is functional. Yeah, we don't have one of those here. <laughs> we, we just we just fight through whatever we need to uh, while the patient is staring at us, looking yeah. at us like, "Hey, we gonna?" Well, sometimes I mean, it's not perfect. You know, technology is great, but uh, there are some things that happen. And I mean, there were there was a lot going on this morning, for example, to mm. a lot of fires to put out. So it's not all fluid, but. Um, I guess I, my motto in that is I'd rather be busy than bored. So, um, yep, I have, have a job. I can continue working because not, uh, not everything is, goes smoothly all the time. Okay. So we've got 60 hour week job. We've got the two little ones, seven and five. And how often do you run? I run six days a week. Um, and it's about, right now, I think I'm only, we're kind of in the off season, so I'm only running about six hours a week. But, um, you know, when it gets closer to, closer in marathon training and everything, then I could be running up to, up to nine hours a week. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's a lot, but I enjoy doing it, and that's that's my me time. That's my time away from work. Um, it's I don't want to say time away from my kids because I love being around them and I love being around my husband. But um, that's that's my thinking time. I get to listen to audiobooks, which if you have kids, um, you can't do that if you're driving them around because mm. they always want to know what's going on. So I get to catch up on audiobooks and podcasts during that time. So six to nine hours of running, 40 to 60 hours of work. Yes. And then you've got the little ones on top of it, which of course that just encompasses every hour yes. of life. Yes. On top of that. How in the world do you handle all that and not get overwhelmingly stressed out? Well, I mean, it, it's not easy for sure, um, I just have to, you know, I find the time to make it work and that, that could be that I split up my runs to where I'm not running the full, you know, hour plus at one time. I might be running it early in the morning. I might be running um, in the middle of the day between meetings or I might be running in the evening. I just, it's, it's something that's important to me and so I, I make time to do it, and it's it's for sure not easy. Why is it so important to you to get out and run? What what drives you? I really like well, <laughs> I really like the buildup for any anything that I'm training. I enjoy that, but um, I guess the short answer would be a challenge because it's challenging. Yes, to find time to you know, fit it in each day. 
but um, you know the ultimate challenge of wanting to accomplish you know PRs and things it, that is what drives me I always as a runner there's always time and room for improvement and that's what keeps me going keeps you, me coming back have you always been a runner you just called yourself a runner <laughs> have you always been a runner or when what when was it that you said oh now I'm a runner I started running when I was in fourth grade because that um, at at the school that I was at that's when it was it started to be a sport um, and so I, like track I tried and field? out was tried it track, out track. Or was it cross country Tr uh, cross country was later okay yeah, yeah. Um, but I started in track and um, you know in elementary school you're, you're not you might have one practice a week you're not going out every day and practicing like you would in high school um, but I, my parents signed me up and well, being in fourth grade, I tend to, tended to do what they said. And so, um, went and I earned a couple ribbons and so they, they're like, oh, you're, you're pretty good at this. And so I kind of continued on through track, um, in track through the rest of elementary and middle school. And then in eighth grade, I started running cross country and, um, did pretty well in that and I really enjoyed cross country and then I ran track and cross country all throughout high school and um, it I, I did not want to in high school my parents signed me up the day before it started and called a neighbor to have um, the neighbor boy drive me to practice and in I was, high school in high school I was so mad at them. I'm like, I just, I just want to, you know, see how high school's going to be. I don't want to have to do sports. And then um, I went to two-a-day practices. That's how it started in high school, and ended up um, making varsity my first time trial, and it kind of took off from there. I ended up being all-state as a freshman in high school, and not really knowing what I was doing. I was just, you know, you follow, follow the line of where you're supposed to run. <laughs> and um, that's, I was on varsity track and cross country all four years. And so then, you're just always good at it. No, I, <laughs> I found out sophomore year that it, it did not come as naturally. And then that's kind of when the injuries started. Um, I had some knee injuries. And, um, and then I found that it wasn't so easy. I needed to actually work at it and practice. Um, and then junior year, I did work at it and I, I was doing really well. I had a lot of PRs um, in cross country and that was the year that I think someone told me that I was ranked fifth at state um, sadly, I did not get to go because I got my first stress fracture that year. So um, I got to see, I, I went out there and I supported my team, they who got to go to state, but um, I was in a boot on the sidelines that mm. year. Common sentiment for runners. Yes. Especially young high school yep. females, actually. Yep, absolutely. Um, I did not know it then, but have learned over the years that eating properly is a big, big part in staying healthy and being able to 
excel. So, yeah. So if you could do it all over again, what would you have changed? Oh, I probably packed more than gummy bears and pretzels in my lunchbox. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And probably, I don't know, have had more yogurt and calcium. I don't really like milk. I, I never really have, but I maybe would have downed that a little bit more too. <laughs> yeah, thinking that you could have reduced some of the stress. Yep, yep, and I mean, it did not, uh, it took a couple couple stress fractures to figure that out because I had another one my senior year in high school, um, and then I, I just thought that I was training too hard, and so, I mean, I, you know, I didn't run in college or anything um, outside of just for fun, a couple miles here and there, and then whenever I moved to Kansas City, started running more and training hard again and got the third stress fracture. So it wasn't until um, probably just within the past couple of years that I figured out that diet played into it. Yeah, so you said a couple of years, how long ago was the last stress fracture? 2018. 2018 was the yep. last one? Yeah, and that was the worst one. Um, it was at the like the fat part of my tibia up right under my knee and it was um, all the way across mm. so that one I was out for quite a while and they couldn't I remember the orthopedic surgeon telling me he's like it'd almost be better if we broke it completely for it to heal better but um, similar to how I was in high school I did not want to use crutches and was very stubborn um, so I kind of prolonged the recovery and not using crutches. Yeah, well, in 2018, you had a two-year-old. I, I had, yep. Everett, I, right? I had, five years ago, so that yeah. would have been about two. Yep, and... and maybe you were pregnant. Oh, I guess... Were you pregnant? I guess it was 2019. Yeah. <coughs> Stress fracture was 2019, and then, yep, I had a not yet one-year-old whenever I got that. So yeah, two, two young kids. And so yeah, crutches, using crutches at that point was very difficult. So you hadn't run yourself into a stress fracture with a two-year-old and a one-year-old? Yep, yep. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that picture? Um, I think that a lot of runners could probably relate that, you know, we're after good times and PRs and you know if it hurts a little bit you can run through it and then you run through it until you can't and that's what I did mm -hmm. <laughs> Couldn't walk I yeah. ran I remember one day I was training for a half marathon and I'm like this is not this pain is not going away Finally went in got an MRI and they called and they're like it's another stress fracture Great <laughs> So it's been five years since your stress fracture What's changed? I know you talked about diet. You talked about how you've changed to where you're not eating gummy bears and pretzels. <laughs> but that was kind of high school you. Yeah. Five years ago, I mean, you're in your late 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Your early 30s or something yep. like that. Yep. So a lot had changed in that decade from stress fractures of high school to then starting having stress fractures as an adult. More so than diet. Yeah, yeah. What, what else kind of added to your success now as of lately? I, I think, well, I, I mean, I came, I can't remember what year I, I started coming here and I had my running assessment and then we kind of, like, I keep getting some sort of injury 
and just like figuring out like what what am I doing that you know I keep getting all of these little flare-ups um, I mean they feel like a big deal but ended up not being um, the case and so I'm just like, I, I got to figure this out. And so I came, came here to Freedom and got a um, running assessment and kind of you pinpointed, you know, a couple things for me to work on form-wise. And then I think during that, um, I had kind of, I, I think I was at like a meeting for some, for a race probably, and um, someone had told me about um, Casey Endurance. And so I started, um, I talked to the coach, Jer Jeremy, and um, he had me, you know, I got started in base camp a couple years ago with him, which is just like a beginning training block. And, um, and then I had, I, you know, I kind of gave him a rundown of my history, my stress fractures. And so he, he recommended that I talk to a nutritionist. He's like, ah, it doesn't sound like you're training too hard. It sounds like maybe you're not eating enough. It sounds more like, you know, you're in a caloric deficit or something. And so, I mean, I think the combination of talking to him and then talking to you, um, kind of started to put the puzzle pieces together that there is definitely more to the big picture of getting PRs, you have to have good form, you have to have um, a good diet, good sleep, which is still something that I'm working on, but um, all, there's so many different pieces that fit to the puzzle. It's not just training. And so I think, I mean, it's a work in progress, but I'm hopeful that I can keep clear of stress fractures now, I mean, all you have to do is eat <laughs> and a couple other things. <laughs> yes. And what does the last five years of running look like for you? Um, so since I've started training with Casey Endurance and then, um, you know, still coming here to lift and everything, uh, my ultimate goal was to one day qualify for Boston, the Boston Marathon. And... Um, one of my, I, I, had, I told my husband, I'm like, yeah, it might be when I'm 70, but I'm going to go at some point in my life. That is my goal. And so, you know, with getting all of these puzzle pieces together and getting things to start to click, I was able to actually run my first marathon and was one minute shy of qualifying. Um, so I'm like, oh, this is actually, this could happen um, before I'm 70. Yeah. So your first marathon was what, five years ago? Um, my years first ago? marathon was last year. Last year was your yeah. first marathon? Yeah. Uh, what, what a year is this? 2023? 2023. So my first marathon was May, 2022. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that oh was, my goodness. that was my first one because, be, well, and I mean, to put the pieces together, um, I had trained for a couple marathons prior to that, but had to back out due to injury. So was able to actually complete my first marathon in Lincoln, um, Nebraska, last May, and then 
So, and then I caught the bug. I should have known <laughs> that. I completely forgot. Yeah. I probably did know about that a year ago. I think you put it in my running assessment. Oh, my goodness. That, you wanted um, to achieve a marathon. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you had that in there, and then I had told you my ultimate goal, my dream goal would be to qualify for Boston. Okay, so basically we're at a point where you're just one minute shy. One minute shy. For your first marathon. And wait, yeah. time out. What's the BQ for you? What's the Boston BQ qualifier time? BQ for me is a 3.30. Okay, 3.30 for 3:30. your age group. So I ran a 3.31, and it just, it was not going to happen that day. I was in a world of hurt after mile 18, mile 18 on. So it just wasn't in the cards that day. But I, um, there's something wrong that right after the race, I'm like looking up next races to start there. Well, you know, I can barely walk, but I want to sign up for another marathon. So from May 2022, so a year and a half ago, it will be two years, so a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. till today, how many marathons have you run? Um, I have run seven now. Holy cow. <laughs> I caught the bug, I guess you would say. Um, so I, I ran, I with being that close to Boston, I wanted to um, try to get it to where I could run this year. And so I ran what's called the Last Chance BQ Qualifier um, in Illinois last September. And um, some would say it's like a boring course because it's laps, but I, la I like laps and it worked out really well. I got to see Will and the kids, you know, each lap eight times around. And uh, I ran a 327, and that was good enough to be able to go to Boston this year. Um, and then I went to the California International Marathon last December and then cut my time down a little bit more. And then just started, things started clicking. Like, Again, with eating, you know, I knew the first marathon, I, I didn't fuel properly. Um, I was so nervous I couldn't eat before the race, and I didn't do, like, a three-day carb load like I do now. So I'd say, like, every marathon I, I learned something. So it's, I mean, I don't have it down perfectly, but um, going back to Boston again next year, I just did Chicago a month or so ago, and yeah, things are moving right along. I now want to be able to get all of all of the majors, so I have two out of the way. Okay, so Chicago, Boston, New York, and then any others? Yep, yeah, uh, Berlin. Oh, sorry, we're going international. Yeah, all, all of the stars. So I want to do Berlin, London, um, in Tokyo, and then now, uh, just within the past month, they've announced that Sydney will also be added as a major marathon in 2025. Will was not too happy about that, um, but we'll get to travel a lot as a family, I guess. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm asking you these questions uh, for my family as well, because mm -hmm. you have suckered my wife into joining this Casey Endurance yeah. Group. She's starting here in a couple weeks. She, oh, actually, this week. Yeah, this week. Base camp She's starts this, this Saturday. So I'm, I'm looking at my future, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. And it's, I mean, it is a fun, fun group of 
um, people. We all support each other. We all encourage each other. Um, and we sign up for races together and go fun places. Yeah. <laughs> there were like, I think, I can't remember how many of us went to Chicago, but I'm pretty sure there's like 20 of us going to Boston next year together. So big group, big party. How but many yes. people, how many people are in Casey Endurance? I think Jeremy said he has something like over 150 people that he does coaching plans for. I think that's what he said. Now, is it only the elites like you and some of the other fast girls that are, that hang out and are fun and, <laughs> or are there other subgroups of there, not so fast people? There is, I think, I think Jeremy says he has, there's, there's a pace for it like, he doesn't want to just have fast people. And so there's always somebody to run with. He has a variety of paces, um, a variety of distances that he does plans for. And so, I mean, I, I also pace races as a side gig that I volunteer for. Um, and so I'm trying to recruit people that when I'm pacing, I'm like, come out. It's a great group of people. It's just it's about the community, not necessarily about the, um, you know, the times. Yeah, we all want a PR, but it's just about being together and having a good time. And, I mean, just working, working together. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a great group, and I encourage anybody to come out and run with us. Yes. What if they don't run currently? Then um, Jeremy will pretty much, you know, build you up. You tell him what your goals are and he'll kind of work work with you to get you to a safe, you know, safe level, safe buildup. I started, you know, I said earlier that I've, I'm running six days a week now. I started for, I think for my first marathon and maybe kind half of my second training block for my second marathon, I was only running four days a week. And I mean, I think think my first day of base camp it was not distance he just had me running like 30 minutes so I mean yeah if you're not a runner there's you, you just got to get out and start that's that's the thing you you got to start somewhere we all we all went through this so it's not just a group of fast people yeah and I think that's kind of how running groups um, get stigmatized if that's a word might have just made that word up, but <laughs> I like there's it. a stigma we'll <laughs> around running groups that you have to be fast in order to, and or that you have to want to run marathons. Is that true? No, not at all. There's, um, there, I'd, I'd say the majority, I mean, he does, you know, any, any group, 5K, 10K, whatever you want. Um, we even have, now they've added a race in Kansas City where it's just a mile, the Metro Mile in June. Well, that one you have to qualify for at a specific speed. Like, you can't yeah, just go Yeah, I guess that one you do. But, yeah, the rest of them, like 5K, 10K, it's just to get out there and run. And runners throughout high school and college and now have always been just such a welcoming group of people. Everybody's happy just to be together working out. So, no, it's, um, I'd, I'd say Kansas City has a really, really great group of runners um, in a variety of, like a variety of groups, a good community that it's just out, 
out there um, showing support and doing something that we all love, but not, not just fast people. And I am by no means elite. I'm, I, I won't be, but I'm going to keep working to, to get to, you know, where I can't PR anymore, I guess. Well, you're <laughs> dang fast. That's for sure. What's your PR? For what? For what? Marathon is a 312, and then um, I haven't done a half for a long time. So I'm going to be doing a half in Mesa, Arizona in February. And so hopefully we'll be hopefully breaking 130 at that one. Okay. So you work 60 hours a week. You have two kiddos, a five and a seven-year-old, and you still find time to run and train, and you have all these goals. How in the world? What's your... What's your motivation to get someone else out there to run? What would you, what would you tell them? I, I mean, um, I, I would just say, you know, nothing um, worth having is easy. Nobody's going to hand it to you. And so you have to, you know, it's a challenge. You're going to have to make time in your life. Everybody has something. Everybody's busy. Um, you just, you have to fit it in. If it's something that you want, you have to make it work. You have to figure it out and, um, come, come run with us. Come run with me. I, I love meeting new people and getting them out there and running. So you just, you have to make it work if, if you want it. Yeah. It's about community, almost even more so than the running. We're really trying to get people out of their houses to get moving uh, around community. So it's more about people even so much than the running. Yes, it's, it's about the people. Um, a lot of us will call it free therapy um, because we just were able to vent about anything, talk about anything. There's no limits to what we may talk about. You're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, so we pretty much leave those off. But um, anything else, is just getting getting out there and it's the sense of community and having you know different people in your corner for various stages of life um, and and we've actually now outside of running we now have a, a running book club that will get together and we'll run a couple miles and then we'll talk about a book um, so far they've been about running but we'll see if we branch out past that so it's just yeah we all enjoy the community um, and just being together. Yeah, and that's kind of when we, the podcast really is about trying to get our listeners motivated, really, motivated to have a change of habit from what they're currently doing to something healthier. And running is a very obvious one, but a lot of people probably just don't think they can run, and so therefore they're not going to. When we're trying to say, well, Morgan ran from middle school, you know, elementary, middle school, high school. Yes, that's how she kind of got into it. And maybe that's why she's able to achieve the Boston qualifiers and, and other accolades that she's able to now. But above and beyond that, the community aspect has been huge for you as well. And I know you've been saying that. And that, when you joined Casey Endurance, also started to allow for you to have some big time accolades as well. Right. And I mean, it's, you know, we're not all getting out there and like where we can get up and run a marathon. It, it takes time. It takes work. Um, and I mean, 
you know, there's, you can, if you're not a runner and you maybe have the desire to run, start with a walk run. Start a couple minutes walking and then a couple minutes running. It's, it's just, it's just about getting out there. Get, get out there and get started. And so, um, I mean, with Casey Endurance, like we have, you know, he'll, he'll work with you on whatever your goal is. If your goal is to get started, that, that's a thing too. So. Yeah, and that's the thing that I love about running groups. Specifically the ones that you have to pay for. <laughs> yeah. The, and, the, and the reason is because when you make a payment, you are financially investing into something that you then feel obligated to do. Mm -hmm. And the reality of habits, habits, habits start by uh, obligation. Feeling obligated to do something over time starts to create a habit. The financial aspect of it, when you pay for it, requires that you show up. And once you make that investment, you do. Absolutely. And that's why I love this concept of Casey Endurance. And I love the idea of having to financially invest and pay for almost in essence, community mm -hmm. and programming so that you can run efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And for those who are struggling to find community and they feel alone, there's no better way than to get connected than by paying for a running group. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we all, you know, we all hold each other accountable too. Um, we... You know, we, we have different workouts based on what we're trying to accomplish, you know, training for a 5K versus a marathon. We have different goals, but we're all, you know, supportive of, okay, you're, you're doing this this week, you're doing this, whatever. You may be doing different workouts, but you're still out there together. And so that's, we, we all help each other. Yeah. yeah, I love it. The The five pillars of running that we always talk about, here at Freedom with regards to running healthy mm -hmm. and or running fast. They, it goes hand in hand, health and performance. Mm -hmm. And there, it goes around these five things. And you've touched on four of the five things. What did I miss? No, <laughs> but the four are specifically one is biomechanics and strength. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Are you strong enough to endure the mileage that you want to put out? And if you're not, then your body's going to physiologically use bones to absorb Yes. gravity than muscles because muscles require energy and therefore you have to build the muscles up so that you can use them. That's our wheelhouse. That's all I think about. Physiological strength so that you can run, right? Mm -hmm. Be fit to run, don't run to get fit. That's kind of our motto. That's what, number two, you've really touched on programming. Before this all happened, you were running on your own. Right. And that was kind of a disaster too because I'm like oh I can only I can run two days a week but make both of them hard well there's something that was another thing is having the easy run days not every workout needs to be hard yeah just not running tempos every time you get out there yes. as hard as you can yep as fast as you can and even now we don't run our our speed days it's not all out we, we don't do that unless we're racing. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest downfalls. And that's one of my issues as I run, mm -hmm. that every time I go out, I only have a certain amount of time and I want to see how fast I can do it. Yep. So I just go and run as fast as I can for until I drop, right, or until I get back. So yeah, programming's huge. Mm -hmm. Third, food yes. and recovery. The they best. play hand in hand, nutrition and recovery. Are you able to put in enough calories 
for what you're putting out mm -hmm. in energy. That's so important. And then, of course, on top of that, that goes with food, is the ability to sleep, yes. to recover, to allow for the body to build itself up. The next one that you talked about that you just emphasized a little bit was the mental component. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, are you ready to get out and run? Because mm -hmm. the body does not know the difference between emotional and physical stress. Cortisol is cortisol, mm -hmm. and it's released no matter if you're doing it mentally and or physically. And sometimes we think running is an outlet, when in reality it's just another stressor. Yes. And if you don't have it prioritized appropriately, then you're just putting stress on stress on stress on mm -hmm. stress, and that eventually leads to per poor performance and mm -hmm. or injury. Yep. So even though, yes, it is free therapy, <laughs> right? Yeah. But more so above the free therapy is the mindset of community, mm -hmm. slow progression, recovery. Then from that, you get the serotonin, dopamine, neuroepinephrine, all those different neurotransmitters that come out because of being outside and running. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of science to the emotional side of it as well. The, the last one is the spiritual side of things. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about yourself and how does that impact your ability to get out there and run? And I think personally, the last two are the things that people lack the most. Mm -hmm. The emotional component to say, running is going to be good for me. And I know that, but not tacking it on as this it's stress, a, to stress, to stress, yeah. to stress, to stress. I don't have to, I get to. Exactly, it's not like a stress reliever yeah. in the sense that I'm gonna work my head off for 80 hours and then I'm gonna go get my stress out by running a tempo every mm -hmm. other day. Yep. That's, gonna, that's a disaster ready to happen. And we've talked about that programming. Yep. And then the spiritual side of it, that belief, a lot of people just don't even believe that they are runners. Yeah. That they can get out and move and do those things. They, they don't have that belief. And therefore it's just years and decades and you know lifetimes of thinking you're not capable or mm -hmm. worthy enough to even get out and do something like run a marathon. No, I mean, it, it definitely, running is a mental sport for sure. But, um, you know, spiritually, yes, I, I mean, I, I like to really, you know, wake up in the morning and just be like grateful, you know, of my abilities, you know, thank, thank God that I have another day, that I'm blessed with another day. Um, sure, especially now as it's getting colder, it's, it's harder to get out there, um, you know, nice and cozy in, in my warm bed and everything. I don't want to go out when it's 20 degrees. But um, just, you know, not taking things for granted and really being grateful that you have the ability to get out there. And, it, you know, it, even through injury and everything, okay, well, at least I can maybe ride a bike today or I can do something. I can go for a walk. I can go for a walk with my kids or my dogs. Um, just not really taking anything for granted is is the big piece. And then, um, you know, just just trying to be mentally tough when things don't go as you want. Um, which, you know, you can't PR every race. And so there are some runs and everything that are going to be, you know, not the result that you're, you've trained for or that you've wanted, but what keeps me coming back is that, um, you know, maybe the next one will be that one or just the constant challenge. Um, 
and, and always looking for improvement. Yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story about injury and overcoming that and your family. And you are somebody that we get to see on the weekly uh, so that we can help you with the strength side of that. And we're just thankful that you've taken on this concept and this idea of programming effectively, strength training appropriately, so that you can continue to do the things that, uh, that you not only want to do, but that you get to do. And that's really, really neat. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Every once in a while, I just need someone to come onto the show and kick my butt. And Morgan did that. Everybody has enough time. We just need to emphasize it and prioritize it. Morgan works so hard, but yet she still finds the time to run. And the community really pulls her in. Time is so much easier to make when it's around community. If you're in the Kansas City area, I encourage you to reach out to Casey Endurance, to Jeremy Hammer, a running group so that you can get going. Or for fitness, feel free to reach out to us at Freedom. Remember, subscribe to our podcast so you can get updates on when the next Freedom Stories go live. <laughs>